Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders. We're back to talk about the Challenge 37 here, episode 13. And guys, it's been so long since I've seen you, a whole 15 minutes. <laughs> We've just done our All-Stars draft, so that will be available next week as well. But Drew and Chantel, I didn't ask you in the draft because we had so much to cram into in such a little space before we did the live. How have both of you been? What's been up? And, and how's things going? Drew, we'll start with you. Uh, everything's going pretty well. Um, I'm just kind of like gearing up before the storm starts. Like it's like the calm before the storm because I know very soon I'm going to be doing the Challenge 37 recaps along with Challenge All-Stars 2 recaps, uh, both on Thursdays and then having tiny table talks along with other videos that I would like to do and other projects. So I'm kind of just like, enjoying myself uh watching the challenge doing the videos and just getting prepared like just slowly <laughs> getting prepared uh but yeah i'm having a good time chantelle um well i got I, I was waiting on some new gear so i got a new microphone and new headphones oh. that was my amazon delivery that came <laughs> um the, the arm i didn't put up yet so i'm gonna be holding it today but uh yeah that's something that's new in my world i got some new gear yeah <laughs> Loving it. It's awesome. Look at us, you know, upgrading. We've all three got sure <laughs> microphones now. It's just a shame we're not sponsored you. by them. <laughs> well, they said it was the best, so I wanted to go with the best. So we might as well, all three of us, have what's the best, you know? Yeah. yeah. I've got Sorry. new headphones that's being delivered as well, but um, it's it's been delayed. Uh, everything's still in lockdown over here in New Zealand, so everything's slow. So I'm waiting for that to be delivered because these ones on the inside, it's starting to wear off and had it for a while. So I thought it's time to upgrade. But the mic's the most important thing, as long as you yeah. guys can Yeah, well, it was a combo. Please. So I was like, well, let me go and be all professional with a combo here. And so I got I got the duo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've got Sam here in the live saying, when will the draft come up? And I am planning on dropping that at 8 p.m. on Monday evening, Eastern Standard Time. So um, I haven't had time to go and set that up or put it in the schedule, but it will be, you hear it here first, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will tease you that there may have been one or two bombshell <laughs> early picks there, and I may have been responsible for one of those two so um you guys will have fun on that one for sure uh it was a lot of fun talking to you guys about the all-stars season two uh cast and um just for those who are asking will you be doing the recap on the all-star seasons on friday night yes we are for the first couple of um i guess weeks while both are still running at the same time we're going to combine both recaps into one. So we will be talking about the actual Challenge 37 episode, but then we'll also be talking at the end of that podcast about the All-Stars episode. So we're going to find a way to squeeze them both into one um, podcast, easily to digest podcast for you guys, um, because we've got a few people with very busy schedules, so we can't um, break it out, sadly, in two different episodes. But after both seasons are done, it will just be one uh, full recap for the All-Stars as well as it continues. But we're here today to talk talk about episode 13 and what an interesting episode it's been um a little bit of a i think it's been a while coming here it's been like that slow train moving with Corey being stuck on the rail tied to the tried tied to the, the the train track i guess as the train's coming <laughs> and we saw it coming for miles away it's my my first draft pick here um sadly that got taken out and drew it does seem like Corey and nelson will never run a final together no one's ever going to let that happen uh, it's happened before. It happened in oh, it? Uh, Invasion of the Champions. Yeah. 
It happened early on in their challenge career. They just haven't been able to replicate that uh, success for each other. Uh, <laughs> even though it seemed like Nelson snaked him a little bit in that final elimination uh, against Shane. But I was, this is an elimination oh, that right, cut yeah. deep for me. Um, I was, after everything that's happened, I was really kind of rooting for Corey to push farther into the season. And he's been giving us raw emotion. He's been giving us his his genuine feelings. And I loved him on the aftermath because he showed his frustration. Mm -hmm. He was very vulnerable in how he was feeling on the season. And um, I, I do think that it, I, I, hearing that he his mind and everything wasn't in it during the second round of the elimination makes me feel happier that Logan is going further because he does have that fight. He does have that energy, but I just really like Corey. I really wanted to see him go far, make another final. And uh, once he left, I was just like, man, just how much more can this season take away from me? Please just give me one thing. And it's Scuba Nelly. It, it would have it would have been better for me. Like I would have been really a lot more excited if it was Nelly that went home this week instead oh. of Corey. It would have just like tucked into the core. Um, you know, I, I, you guys had a lot higher hopes for Corey than I do. Um, I just, mm -hmm. I always find that he, he doesn't seem to have the political, political game that helps him get to the end. And he finds that anybody else that has the political game to be snakes. And so it's like, instead of like calling people snakes for trying to win, get to the end and win, maybe try to learn, adapt and kind of change a little bit so that you could get to the end and win. And so it's kind of like he has all the skills and he has a partner in Nelson that they could do well, they could go far, but it seems like they don't know how to do that. And they, they're not willing to learn from somebody else how to get there. And so I never really saw either of them getting to the end of this one and winning it. Um, and so this kind of just proved me a little bit right on that first round of draft picks this season. Yeah, you, you said that we were a little bit higher. He was my number one pick, <laughs> and I lost him. <laughs> I was very high on him. So I thought, I thought Corey, um, you know, he, he's he's gone to a lot of finals, but it ultimately ended up being the thing here that when they were deliberating about who's going to be the person we're going to throw in there, it was being used against them that Corey has gone to a lot of finals before, and he could be dangerous in the end. And they didn't want to take a stab at CT because CT had a lot of relationships with a lot of people apparently there, and they didn't want to go in that direction. And you know, I think the biggest thing that kind of swayed it here, and, and I did watch the aftermath as well, and and I did see, you know, like I have to say, I like I know we we love to bag on Josh and stuff, but I do feel Josh handled himself pretty well, and even Corey f confronting him, he he was owning up to the fact that he did it. Even in the aftermath, he felt bad about it. He said, "You're like, listen, it was a tough decision. I still don't feel good about it right now." He's not running away from it. It's not like he's not owning up to it that he that he made the decision, and it just came down to the relationship that that Josh had with Logan here, and. It is an interesting relationship and a special relationship that I think I can understand because English is my second language, you know, and I understand that if you've got someone and, and maybe I'm a bit more fluent than than some when it comes to it being my second language, but I understand that in your in your primary language, sometimes people feel like they can't express themselves as well when they have to sp speak their second language and that they can't get their personality to come out while speaking another language. So by having that person there that he could speak to, automatically it's formed a deeper bond, a quicker bond than most people can appreciate. And I think Corey you know, and Nelson were very angry at the fact that you know, Josh went against them, who he's played a few seasons with, and that they should have this strong vet bond. But 
you know, if the, if the shoe was the other way around, would, would Corey not have thrown Josh in? I, I mean, I find that hard to believe, to be honest. So I feel like there is a little bit of, um, you know, I don't know, double standards here in this situation. So I do feel for Josh. Like, I mean, I'm not going to criticize him here. I understand why he ultimately wanted to save Logan here. And I think it was the right decision for him. Absolutely, he should be saving Logan. And if it was like Jeremiah, that was, you know, or Josh, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I got to save my man Jeremiah here in this situation. Mm. So like it, he, it sucks that it happened to him, but he would have done the exact same thing if things were reversed. Um, it just sucks that when it's like not you <laughs> that's that benefits from from people keeping their word for to other people. Um, so yeah, with Corey, he said that he's not going to come back for another at least another season. Like he's he's taking a hiatus, he's off, he's done for a bit. Which I hope that it's going to be beneficial for him because I do think that physically he is capable of winning he's decently likable like so he can get maybe further in the game but he kind of needs to figure out the politics of it he needs to go in mm. and not be like why is he so surprised that at one point the that's are not going to stick with each other <laughs> like it's just like of course people are going to do that until it doesn't benefit them anymore. And then they will do what benefits them the most. So the fact that this is surprising to him, it's just kind of like, okay, figure out the game. You've played enough of these seasons to know that everybody is out for themselves and you got to just get them first in this type of situation. So hopefully he can learn how to play a little bit better because he has a lot of the skills that could be a winner uh, he just doesn't know how to kind of put them all together to make that you know get that final and get that win yeah the one thing that gets me about Corey coming into this season I think what really did him in was Devin and Josh working together and using their numbers and them being at the nucleus and then having spread out their numbers, I think it left Corey on the outside of everything. And I think with Corey's social and political game, this isn't his first season. So he has attachments and he has friendships. But when it comes down to politics and who people can trust, I feel like Corey is the guy who knows a guy, sort of speak. He is close with Devin via Nelson because Nelson and uh, Devin were, are you the one contestant? So I think that they have a stronger connection with each other than say Corey and Devin, even though Corey and Devin were partnered for like three episodes on final reckoning. And then when taking a look at him and Josh, when he's like, you and I were very close with each other, but I think they're close with each other via Fessy. So once Fessy left, Josh even mentioned it on the aftermath that he said that once Fessy left, we were kind of distancing from each other. So I think Corey does have connections, but I think the vet truce was very complacent in this season where a lot of the vets didn't want to leave their comfort zone. Yes, that they were outnumbered, but when it came down to it, they didn't want to like branch off too early to get a target on their back. But if they would have branched off early, they could have made stronger connections that by the time we got to this point, they could have their own they, they could have their own army and alliance that would have been stronger with them than, say, the vets who are now branching out to the rookies that are still left in the game. Yeah, and I think um, speaking the truth agrees with you there in the statement. He says that Corey Blue's biggest chance of winning but not by not aligning with multiple rookies instead of the vets, at least then he would have had experience, um, the ex had the experience advantage. And then also uh, there is also a mention here of one of the big mistakes here for Corey was burning a relationship with Ashley very early on. Um, and Corey and Nelson 
it's it's quite funny because you'd see one of them popping off and doing like the you know socially not acceptable emotionally unintelligent move and then the other one would lecture the other one on it afterwards but they both make those mistakes they just take turns for when they're going to be doing it basically on the show and like chatel said this is not season one this is season six or season eight you know nine? you'd think, think that you'd eight adapt. or nine like wow nine, nine already yeah. you'd think that they would adapt at some point uh what they're doing you know out there and um yeah like i mean i do feel for Corey because I've slowly but surely over the last, I know people before, like Chantel's always judged me for it a little bit, but you know, I, I do like Corey. I do think that, you know, his heart's in the right place, you know, sometimes on these shows and him and, him and Nelson, there's something about that friendship, that brotherhood that they have that I feel like it's rare on the challenge where people actually, they would do anything for each other in the game, you know, in, in the sense, and maybe the only other real life friendship, almost type of uh, bonds like that that exist are the ones that we get annoyed by quite a bit between Josh and Fessy and Casey outside of the game um, as well. And it was really funny to see Corey suddenly being the defender of Fessy here this episode and suddenly, you know, defending Fessy because Josh also turned on him to try and make Josh feel bad. And him becoming threatening after he was already on the you know, he was already going into the arena. Like he should have been saying these things about, Hey, I will go to Emerald. If I win, I will throw every single chance. Cause he does have a good elimination record um, from memory. He's one of the better elimination people out there. Um, maybe it would have carried more weight. If you actually just set that up front instead of moping about it after he was already the person that was going to go in. The thing is with Corey is nobody's really afraid of him. And I was talking about this a lot in the All-Stars All podcast that we just did. Is that like there has to be an intimidation factor. Like CT doesn't get thrown down there a lot because people are afraid that he, they're going to lose against him. It's not that CT really even has that amazing of an elimination record. He mm -hmm. is beatable, but people are still scared of him and scared that he's going to come back and then be strategic and get them out of the game. And so that's something that Corey is definitely missing because he goes off and he has all this bravado and he's like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to go on to that team and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose for that team and I'm going to take you out. I'm just like, are you though? I don't think any of this is going to happen. This is all fictional. Um, this is maybe what you hope would happen, but I don't really see it happening. So it's not really a threat. It's kind of like a daydream. And I think that's kind of how everybody treats him in the game. It's like, they're not really that scared of him. They kept him in the game as long as they felt that they needed him numbers wise. And now he's he would be kind of threatening in the final and he doesn't work really well with any of these people. So why are we keeping him around? So I could see why they, they took him out. There's no need for him, really. Yeah, I have a question right. for you, Chris, though, or both of you. Did you guys cry when he was talking about Nelson at the end? Be like, you got this man and he really needs it. Like, he's a good guy. Like, and I'm like... <laughs> No, nah, I get emotional. And I did not get emotional at all. No, nah, it, it was it was it, for me. It was more like it it got me when Nelson ended up throwing himself down there for for Corey and ended up going home. That season got me a little bit, and I felt like Nelson. I felt the emotion a lot more when Nelson spoke compared to to Corey. But I did notice that Corey was. I could hear in his voice it was it was crackling. It was kind of surprising because I don't think Corey is an emotional guy. So clearly, um, it is something that that that's why I sort of say that brotherhood that they've got, that friendship they've got. I I really do like that, and I can see even though 
individually to me that like i think nelson actually if i had to choose between who, who of these two people would i rather see come back season next season it'd be nelson because nelson is more of a cartoon character and i enjoy that i enjoy his corniness i enjoy i enjoy all of that stuff it's 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 got a place but i think that the producers have looked at these two as a package deal for the last couple of seasons because of that you know, storyline of them having started together, having this brotherhood and, you know, they love making jokes about it, putting it in like thought bubbles where they said, I just think of a happy thought and they put, you know, both Corey and Nelson next to each other in the thought bubble. And, and they're so good at that stuff. So, so they've got a storyline here. So you've got to wonder, you know, with Corey not coming back next season, how much of uh, a chance does Nelson have to be casted? Um, I think if we do a rival season, you could see Nelson versus Fessy, which would still be quite entertaining, but um, it does take uh, probably a bit of Nelson's storyline away here as well, Drew, for, for maybe next season. Uh, possibly. I think Corey's voice cracking uh, was just him. He talked about possibly losing the fire in the aftermath, and mm -hmm. I think that was him, I think, being nervous that he lost the fire to want to win on the challenge because... Let's let's take a look at this. He made it to the finals the past two seasons, and both seasons have been very, very long. I mean, he was in the bunker the whole time for Total Madness and made it all the way to the finals. Then he was in Double Agents, and he went through all 20 episodes there, and then he makes it through 13 episodes in this season. And these seasons aren't like six months in between. They're like two months, and then we're getting shipped out right away. And I think that takes a huge toll on you. Like, I think... Yeah. He talked about on the aftermath, his family calling him and wanting him to come home. I'm sure that his kids would get on the phone and want to want to talk to him and want him to be home. Writer, I'm sure, was like, I really want you to be home, dad. And I think that really takes a toll on you when you come to do these shows back to back to back like this and to last so long like he has. I just think that it just was so much pressure weighing on him that he was like, I think that's where it came to him in the heart going like, Oh my gosh, did I just like kind of lose it a little bit? Am I kind of like burnt out on the challenge a little bit? Cause I think he does have that fire and he does love the challenge, but I think mm. that's where it comes in. But I like hearing that he's going to take some seasons off or at least one season, get that refresh, maybe bone up on some math, do some uh, puzzles. <laughs> he's not here. doing that. He's not get doing some that. Tantagrams. Let's do some running, do some cardio, and then yeah. jump right off of there and then do a tanagram and then come back on. Let's do something. <laughs> Help yeah. write her out with her math homework. Let's maybe do this that's thing. something you should design. And maybe your next infomercial is like uh, cardio tangrams or something. You know, <laughs> like it's like a new fitness craze. Would be kind of fun. Yeah. And, you know, talking about, and I think it's something that we don't probably explore enough on podcasts. And I, I haven't heard many podcasts talk about that. Maybe. Maybe Derek's podcast potentially from a player who's played in these seasons before would understand it a little bit better. But there is a bit of mental fatigue that goes into playing this many seasons. People that you do form friendships and some sort of relationships with outside of the game that you go in there and this backstabbing starts happening and you take it a lot more personal. I mean, you could clearly see... Um, I personally felt Josh was being very authentic and I don't feel like he's a great actor in any, or, because normally when he acts, I can tell, I can tell when he's hamming it up for the camera and that kind of stuff. I felt like he was really authentic when he said that it still bothers him today that he made that move and it wasn't an easy move. And, you know, they have got these relationships that they formed that get really um, muddy as you play more and more seasons. And um, I think the best example of how people are struggling when they're isolated away from their families and they're doing these things is, you know, you, you look at CT, 
he spoke about the fact that he was losing his fire for this season in this episode. And I picked up on that and he said that, you know, he has to man up and come back. He's had a bit of the challenge blues and he's another person who's been playing, you know, two back-to-back seasons now, obviously went all the way, won the previous season um, coming into this one. He's, he's played a few back-to-back seasons, but the, the last two seasons has been, you know, he's gone all the way or very deep in the last two seasons where I think in that um, total madness season, he went out quite early to Jay, but you know, he he's obviously, that. yeah. So, so, so yeah. he's, so he's definitely, I think feeling it as well. And I mean, if you've got someone like CT saying that, you know, you go through these ups and downs, then I do think that that is a real thing that we don't always as viewers appreciate. And they wouldn't let us in on, I'm sure they've got a psychologist on standby there on the show, people that talk to them when they, go through these things to get them back on track and all that. But obviously that stuff would, they wouldn't let us in on that, or we wouldn't even know. Like I wouldn't have known that CT felt that way at all. If he didn't mention it in the deliberation, but it clearly told me that, you know, there was some stuff going on there that we were not privy to in regards to him, even just not being that motivated. Well, I have to agree. Like I've played a few like online version of like reality games. So like big brother and like, or uh, survivor kind of adjacent type games. And last year I played one for 90 days and I made it all the way to the end. And then right before that, I'd played one for, um, it was like two months instead. And so I played them back to back. So basically it was six months. I was playing these games, these social strategy games with people and like having to do these, like talking and like whatever, like it it takes a lot out of you to be Mm. social to and want to get to the end and win and then doing all these competitions and so if i was burnt out because i'm like okay i'm not playing for a while now people ask me to play all the time i'm like i don't think i could do it i don't think i could do it right now because like it really even on such a small scale on my computer talking to people in chats like i can imagine being with somebody in real life and like having all those different personalities and dynamics right there with you, or you can't really step aside and turn off and reset. Like you always are on having to do that for, you know, half a year. I think I could totally see, you know, someone getting burnt out and being like, I don't know if I can put myself through this. And especially if you get kind of hurt or burned by someone or it, it does really sting. And I, I know like I'm, I'm always like kind of making fun of Corey and Nelson all the time, but like, I do understand that if you, really feel something or have like don't think that someone's going to stab you in the back and they do in these games it really does hurt a lot and it sometimes you don't get over it it's like you might move past it but it's always just mm. stings it stays and so i can totally see him needing to having uh, getting a little bit of a refresher and like just like be away from that environment for a little while because i can totally understand and and appreciate like having burnout and fatigue. So I'm glad he's taking some time off. I want him to come back revitalized and maybe having a new perspective and not be affected so much by, you know, these characters this season. Yeah. It was good to see him have a bit of a joke there in the aftermath about um, another you know, child being <laughs> on the way and having, having, having his moment there as well. But, um, you know, I guess, you also get these different levels of people that come into the show. Some people do it for the fame. Some people do it, you know, for the paycheck. Cause I'm sure they get some sort of money just to be there. And the further they get into the show, even if they just get to a final, they'll get more money from doing that compared to being a first person booted on the show. Um, and I think that for people like Nelson and Corey, they do have that athlete mindset 
um, to it where they want to win. They want to win everything. And they're very serious about the show. And I think that when you put that much effort into it, when you are teamed up with someone like Amanda, like they had here in this episode, who, let's be honest, I think Amanda does take it serious in her own way, but I think she's not. There is different levels of like, listen, I want to be the best or I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not so good at. I'm going to be pushing a little bit back here, taking it easy on this. And, you know, it, it, I think that they're not good at meeting people at their level. And, and Big T kind of mentioned it here, you know, having that team meeting afterwards where Nelson and Corey both went pretty hard at Amanda, you know, I feel like the, the, I understand how that would make for good TV, but I think that if you're, and, and as someone that's managed people for quite a long time, like, you know, um, myself, I would never talk to an employee in front of their peers and lambast them and say, hey, you're not doing a good job here. I need you to up it. I would say, let's have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Let me know where you're at and let's constructively work on how we can both lift our game or I can communicate better. You can lift it and you do that, but I know it doesn't make for big TV or make, it doesn't make for good TV, but I felt like the approach they had here to go at Amanda in front of the whole team, wrong approach. I fully appreciate why she is like, I don't want any part of this. I'm going to continue to sabotage. Um, none of them are right. Like I don't think Amanda is completely squeaky clean here, but it's just, they just don't gel together. Their personalities clash. So many things that went wrong here. And yet once again, Ruby is seen as the laughing stock of the teams, but they're yet again the team that's the closest to beating Emerald here. Sapphire has really been underperforming in the last couple of episodes. Well, one thing, though, that, that bothered me about when they were coming for Amanda is, like, regardless of whether or not she was good on your team or not, or she was helping or not, like, this is the way that they kind of go at her and berate her, especially Nelson in the situation. You are supposed to be friends. And then, mm. you know, when it gets to the deliberation, then apologize. And that seems it's always Nelson's, like, strategy when he's dealing with women that he has a problem with is that he gets mad at them, yells at them, sometimes, you know, throw things out below the belt and then apologizes for his actions later. So, yes, thank you for apologizing, but kind of, like, not do that, please. Um, I, I, yeah. I always come back to when he was really nasty to Kayla in a deliberation where it had absolutely nothing to do with her and he was completely slut-shaming her and treating her pretty terribly for it had nothing to do with him and then go and apologize about it later and it's just kind of like the damage is already done and so I'm all yes I like when Nelson is silly and goofy and we have like sound bites and he's funny as confessional so then I forget he actually really bothers me with how he treats the women sometimes and this was another episode where that side of him came out and I, I really didn't appreciate it yeah I mean I will say that the tone of this episode is set within the first five minutes when everyone is coming back to the challenge house after Emmy won swap teams and the first five minutes is just all the men just dunking and dumping on Amanda. We have Kyle talking to Logan saying Amanda is super annoying, but she's kind of good at puzzles. So uh, you just have to deal with that a little bit. Logan is in his confessional saying that Amanda doesn't add anything to the team. So I don't, I'm not happy that she's on the team. And then Nelson describes her as toxic. Corey is saying that she's the weakest woman left in the game. It's like, one after another, it's just over and over and over again. And I was like, this is the first five minutes. She hasn't been on your team for any real stretch of time. And you guys are just dumping so much on her. I will say that she did take Twitter saying that she made a deal with Josh that she would throw the challenge to keep Nelson safe. So there is that, that she was throwing the challenge. But also when you're taking a look at 
what the Ruby team gave her. They said it was all Logan's idea. It was all Logan's plan. And he did. Uh, uh, I can't even know what the word is. Uh, delegated. There it is. He yep. delegated what everyone was doing in the challenge. And he just told her to organize the rope or I didn't really give her much to do because she said she doesn't like water. So he kind of just told her just to stand there and organize the rope. And I mean, she's goofing off and doing stuff. So, I mean, she's sitting there asking people, Hey, do you need me to do something? But they didn't tell her what to do. They weren't giving her clear instructions. So even if she was throwing it, they gave her the ability to throw it pretty convincingly because they weren't giving her much to do. And so them coming at her, Corey and Nelson coming at her in the club, it was just like, look, whether she was throwing it on purpose or not, this is the hand that was dealt and really Emerald has a numbers advantage. So I think that they were going to win regardless yeah. uh, whether Amanda was helping or not. I mean, we just saw Kyle in round two, just pulling on the rope willy nilly whenever he wanted to and he was making it worse emmy wasn't doing anything so i mean do you want Seth her was to just a miss. yeah do you Seth want her to just dive into the water and just start tugging on this rope <laughs> like she could have done that and really sabotaged the group if you like happy that she was doing the titanic and making it a little bit funny to everybody standing <laughs> around there instead of actually legit doing real damage and really sabotaging the group in my opinion yeah, yeah. If I, I was thinking like if they want to be coming for her after, it'd be like if she literally you told her to do something and she completely failed at it or didn't do it or sabotage it in an obvious manner. But she was actually doing what she was told to do. And so like so if okay so it, what would happen if she had decided to help out like go against what her team has told her to do and help out and then they still lost well they would blame it on her anyways i think that they didn't have confidence yeah. in their team and they wanted to have any sort of reason to be able to blame it on her so that it wouldn't look like ruby did poorly it was like well we would have done well if amanda wasn't on her team so it was she was going to be their scapegoat no matter what, and it's just really unfortunate that they, with that, it comes with her being berated by them in a club. So, so two things. So, firstly, I just want to say, you know, I've got a, um, I like Kyle, so I got to, I got to stand up for Kyle a little I like bit. Kyle here, too. You know, when yeah, when when Kyle when Kyle was doing that, he knew Amanda was standing right there, and he was doing it on purpose in a joking way. I don't think he was being serious, but obviously there was a lot of people who were really berating him very seriously. I felt like it was tongue in cheek when he did that, and I do think that Amanda and Kyle have got that relationship where they joke around with each other, which is quite evident at the end where he goes to her back to her team and Ruby, and she's like, "Oh, you can't." get away from me and i felt like they just have that joking kind of relationship so she would have known that was coming from a a place of joking around maybe it's a little bit close to the truth so it hurts differently and i don't i don't think it's good when you berate anybody in a team and then secondly you know let's look at ruby they were close like you know tj said this was really close between them and um emerald and we keep saying ruby is the mess up team i think that you know that narrative is being created by people in the confessionals but the last couple of episodes it's been ruby that have been challenging emerald sapphire has been underperforming and maybe that has got to do with the fact that ct hasn't fully been in it and he's felt like he's had some people in his team that's been dragging him or like and he has done well he he's done pretty well in every single thing he's consistently upping his game but i feel like other people haven't performed to that level and there's some massive issues here even with ashley in this challenge and the way that she communicates with kyle that clearly doesn't work and there's shouting happening i'm not feeling like she's doing much more than kyle but she's making kyle look like the bad person you know his confessional about 
not being a fish boy doesn't have gills on his on his on his neck so he can go down there and breathe below that was that was you know confessional gold and and i love to see it but i don't think ruby is that much of a mess if if, if amanda did a little bit like 10 percent more of what she did that could have been the 10 percent they needed to win it but obviously i do agree that the way that they went about it, they've got only themselves to blame that Amanda didn't play ball because they've made her feel alienated within that team. And it's a shame because she brings certain strengths in my mind to that team that if they could have kept Corey, if they could have won this, Corey and Nelson's still there with Logan, by the way, who doesn't go away and he's a very strong person as well. I think Logan is very balanced. He, he's he's going to be good at the puzzle side of things as well. Plus Amanda brings a certain level of smarts to that team. It wasn't a bad team. They just needed to. And that's why Corey is not a natural leader. He's been trying to step up as a leader this whole season. And he's and he's just not that. They needed a natural leader. And even though Logan was being delegated, or like, or he's the one who was delegating all the work, he doesn't come across as a very um and maybe it is because it's a second language, right? But he doesn't come across as a very uh assertive leader as well. So I feel like it's just they lacked someone there to really give direction in the middle of a challenge and say, hey, Amanda, step up. That's that, that's kind of what I think it comes down to. Well, I think that they could have won, actually, if it was 4v4v4. If they had to choose four people on the Emerald team to go down against the four people that participated in that challenge and then Team uh, Sapphire, I think that Ruby would have come out on top, um, most more likely. And so, or had uh, just, yeah, I think that they could have. And so I'm going to blame the challenge here for making these uneven teams. Like, I don't, it's, and making challenges where, the uneven team having more players is beneficial like you know you can have more people pulling that rope like that's useful and i i think it's really really annoying and really frustrating that they have they're still allowing these teams to be unbalanced and so i do think that one of the reasons why they did a little bit better is like yeah amanda didn't do that much but she was doing the rope a little bit and i think that that extra hand a little bit was definitely what made them a little bit more successful than the sapphire team and so i just i don't understand why why it's uneven they need to stop this like yeah, i don't like that at all it, it's and, just it makes for a lopsided challenge and i don't enjoy seeing emerald win four challenges in a row like kyle said it best yay emeralds won again no <laughs> one wants to see that right so he that's why i like kyle this much this season because he seems to be the voice of the fans on the show <laughs> Yeah, and, and it comes down to a percentage, too, of what you can get away with on your team when you have how many resources you have on the team. Kyle talked about in the aftermath how Emerald having a numbers advantage was so beneficial for them because if one player isn't doing well or needs to sit out for a second, there's somebody else to pick up the slack. There's extra hands. And I guess on paper, the producers were thinking maybe this is like because numbers aren't necessarily a huge advantage in this challenge. It comes down to uh, if people can take direction, if there's a clear vision, a clear leader, but Emerald has that with Devin. They have all of mm -hmm. that. Everybody is just listening completely to him. There's not too many egos on this team. They just want to win and stay together. So them being able to work well with each other and then have all the numbers on their side, it just works out for them every single time with Sapphire you need everybody to do A plus 110%. And then you have Kyle who is pulling the rope and you have Emmy just kind of looking lost. I mean, they were kind of doomed when 
two players Ashley is trying to get everybody on the same page. And then CT is yelling at Emmy because she's not doing enough. I mean, you don't have any slack uh, to really have anybody start to like kind of pull back a little bit when you only have four members. I mean, you need everybody on deck for this and Emerald just was able to pull it out uh, yet again. Um, yeah. It's just frustrating. Yeah. Let's but go into some of the- I will say, I will say that I just finished gauntlet three and they had the same exact thing on that season where the vets were just absolutely demolishing they had the numbers advantage they never even things out that season 15 we're on season 37 they haven't figured that out a little bit on it's kind of crazy and the vets were just absolutely demolishing the rookie team um over and over and over again it was because they had the numbers there was plenty of times where frank was like hopefully this will be uh, having less numbers will be an advantage in this in this challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. Uh, I want to go to some of the comments here that we've had coming from the live because there's been a couple of good comments. Um, Dolores, welcome back to the stream. Says that didn't see you take a break and then come back. I personally respect anyone who puts their mental health first. I truly support Corey. And yes, yeah, CT had quite a break. How how many seasons was he away for, guys? Before he came back. For like eight seasons or something like that. It was a big break. I feel that like that many. Not okay. Uh, he was away from season seventeen, and then he came in as a mercenary on season twenty, and then he was back on season twenty-one, and then after season twenty-six, uh, when he had to leave because of uh, TM's DM. medical, he yeah. uh, pulled himself out of that game, and then he didn't come back until uh, season. It makes sense, especially after especially after that. It makes sense that he would have wanted to have some time away from the challenge. But the way he's going now, he's getting as many seasons in as he can, and he's just going to roll straight over into All Stars Five and continue <laughs> on from there, and probably do this until he's like sixty. I reckon he, he's might even take over the hosting gig one day who knows like he's just you know, that he has pretty much become the challenge um also here we've got uh rodrigo saying that nelson needs to stop blaming um other people for losing amanda was trying to help but they told her to stand on the boat and i think we all agree on that and there was a really um, interesting question here that someone asked around kyle um i can't see it right now do you uh, so here we go sam also asked do you think kyle will take a uh, time from the challenge um, to have a break and I personally um, I'd like to explore that I think Kyle is a different kind of character like I feel like mentally he like obviously because he jokes and he he sort of has that kind of humor to him you might think oh you know he doesn't care about stuff too much but he does because whenever he does go down there he fights like no one else he's got real heart when it comes to it but I do think that Kyle understands that this is a game I feel like he understands that more than some people on the show. And I think due to that, um, he probably has a lot more longevity in him. And because he's been going since when is it cutthroat or something like that? Like he's or what, what was the season that he started on? Um uh, the one that Benitas, that's the one. Yeah, sorry. That was his first season. He made a final in that season as well, right? That's the season that Cara Maria um, ended up going all the way and winning as a, as an individual and he's been playing ever since then so so he must have one of the longest back to back runs must be up there um and and I and I do think as long as he wants to come back they'll continue to put him back every single season because he's just a unique character he's got a place his humor has got a place in the show and like I said you know more often than not you you just you have to laugh at him because he 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 does take things serious, but he doesn't, you know, and I love that balance. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think Kyle will take a break anytime soon? I think if he gets the phone call, he's saying yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that he treats this like a job. Um, you know, he's come out of the Geordie Shore world. Um, so reality television has been his career 
for his for his adult life from what I know of him and I think he loves the challenge. I do think he enjoys his experience when he comes out there. And I think for one of the reasons that you did mention is that he knows that it's a game and he knows that he's there to make good television. So he's probably really easy to work with, with the producers that, you know, with the people in confessionals, he's willing to say whatever you want him to say. He's willing to cause some trouble. If you want him to cause some trouble, if you want him to throw him a challenge. I'm sure he'd throw a challenge. Like he's just probably a really easy person to work with as a producer. And I think he's going to get that call all, all the time because he's always going to deliver and I think if he gets that call, he's going to say yes. So I don't think he's taking a break anytime soon, unless maybe um, having a new a new baby and, you know, in a relationship, maybe if that kind of changes it, 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 where they want him to stay home a little bit more. But at this point, he's coming. He's, this is his job. He's making some money. He goes away for a few months, comes back with some, some Dallas. I think it's okay. I think he's fine. Yeah, Lily, welcome to the stream here. She says maybe now that he's a dad, he will... Um... I think he'll probably, yeah, I mean, I know some dads. I've got a few mates that have been, become dads. I think if they had the opportunity to get away for a little bit and <laughs> uh, skip on the duties. I'm making money, honey. Make some money. Uh, gotta go. <laughs> I feel like Kyle is one of those people. I, I don't want to put, like, I'm sure he's not, but maybe he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go and make some money for a little bit and, um, you know, skip some of the, the nappy changing and, and all of those things that he might not want to be involved in, you know? Um, so, yeah, also we've got Love by You back saying hello. It's good to have you back in the stream. I, I don't think we saw you <laughs> last week as well. So, um, yeah, so looking at this, guys, we've now got Emerald winning four in a row. And their egos are at an all-time high. You know, I mean, they are celebrating and gloating in front of the others here. Um, and it is really annoying. And I think that there's a storyline that's being set up here um, with, you know, a lot of people saying they don't want this team to be broken up. As soon as somebody else comes in here, it's going to break our rhythm. Do we think still at this point they can be beaten? And do we, like, I've, I'm getting a feeling from the edit that Tori, and I mean, we did see next time on the challenge, Amanda's asking Josh, where can she go? Who can she infiltrate? And Tori seems to be the person that's going to get targeted here. I've got a feeling if I had to put money on it, Amanda gets Big T to go up against her down there because people think she's weak, um, wins and potentially takes a spot there from Tori. That, that would be my, if I had gambling money, I would put it put it on black. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that that will be interesting. Uh, I'm here to see Tori, who really feels that she's really in that um, Emerald team and that she's, you know, it's a team. We're here doing this together. Like, she's really loving being in this position. So it would be very hilarious um, to have Amanda go and take her spot. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's what goes down. And I, I can't wait to see that happen. I feel... <sighs> I'm getting this feeling that Josh is getting very big for his britches here. Uh, if what Devin says is true when he was talking to Nelson um, after the nominations where he was saying that I wanted to vote Logan in twice and both times Josh saved him. So that tells me that maybe Josh is now pushing his agenda to keep the people that he wants to keep especially now that if he has like the, the players on his team kind of going with him instead of what Devin wants to do. So that means like, I think Devin, I think Josh is making deals with people, especially when we hear the tweet from Amanda saying that I made a deal with Josh and then him talking to Amanda at the end or heading into this next episode where he's like, I can't stop you if you want to come to our team. It's just like he talked about it earlier where he was like, Amanda's like a little sister to me. I want to protect her at all costs. And that protection is 
let's be on the Emerald team. The Emerald team can still win with you being on the team, and we can just keep on powering this through. When Devin said in another aftermath that he wanted to keep the quote-unquote anchors of Amanda and Big T on the other two teams. So to me, I feel like if the Emerald team is going to get infiltrated and start falling apart and it coming at the hands of Josh, (laughs) I will laugh so hard and I will enjoy every second of this because to me, I just feel like Josh is thinking like I can have all my friends on this team and we can run this thing and nothing will change. Nothing will change. Well, guess what? I want it to change. I want you to do it. I beg you to do it. Let's see if that will change. What could happen, Josh, please. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I thought the exact same thing. I've said a few times on this show that I don't think Tori is in the peak of her fitness that she's had on the show. I think she's been in better shape than what she is this season. Um, And that's just going based off, like, she was a beast a couple of seasons ago when she was basically being trained every single day by her boyfriend or fiancé back then, you know? So um, I just don't think she's training and has that same motivation and dedication herself to keep that level of fitness up. But you know, you comparing Tori here to Amanda. I mean, it's not an upgrade. I don't think it's an upgrade. <laughs> like, I mean, Amanda's great. I love her confessional. She's a great character on the show, but we have to be realistic here. I think that if it comes to a final, I think Tori, she's got like literally this episode, it was all about the Emerald woman stepping up, doing a good job in this challenge, um, showing, I mean, Tori's saying like, I go to war for my men and Joss doesn't have her back in that same way, he deserves all the karma coming his way <laughs> if he's willing to cut her and Amanda goes in there. And then the other thing that we need to take into consideration here is that, you know, I know it's been um, said in previous seasons that, oh, you know, Devin and Tori are rivals, and this, but they're actually friends. Like, you know, we all know that they're b- pretty close friends as well. So, you know, going against Devin here could be the final straw that Devin just decides, you know what? screw you i've tried to work with you quite a lot this season but you know that could really mess up the dynamic within this team and um even having saying hey i'd rather have nani like i mean again like tori and nani i would i would pick tori every single day like i'd rather lose nani than lose tori at this point to be honest even though she's a great team player um i do think tori brings a lot and she's definitely one of the strongest females still left in the game at this point but tori chokes like she at the end, um, what was it? Um, War of the Worlds two, like mm. she had Jordan waiting for her at the puzzle to be like, "Come on, babe, just finish this puzzle so we can win this together." And she couldn't win, like get this puzzle done before I don't know it was D, but maybe and her were at the last two people, and she chokes in these situations, but but um nani doesn't like nani is able to get those done she's maybe not be super fast but she's not terrible at puzzles she's not terrible at math and tori is terrible at both of those things so if we get to a final situation i think that nani is a little bit more well-rounded than tori is and i don't remember has tori been to a full final or no (laughs) yes she's into dirty 30 (laughs) struggling at art Love it. Love the sass. It's so true because Nani does choke as well. She's not She's not proven either. But I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, tomato, tomato here. I personally, if I was out there, I would personally rather run a final with Tori because I felt like she's, she's got she's it. Stronger, she's stronger. Like, yeah, physically. she just needs, yeah, she's physically stronger. I think she's, I think she's in better shape than Nani personally. And also in a team, in a team environment like this, 
you only need someone that can keep up with you. You know, you can do the puzzle side of it. Devin can handle that side of it. Um, but that's that's just me. I mean, who, what do we know? We're not out there twenty four seven watching their training regimes and what they're doing. But I mean, yeah, where do you sit on this? Um, I guess Drew, break break the tide. I know you're not a big Tory <laughs> fan, but you know, who, who do you agree with? Who would you run it I with? Thought, you I thought I thought he I thought he loves between... Tory now. Isn't that what happened last week? <laughs> that is not what happened last week. <laughs> Fake uh, news. But I think I think what what it comes down to is also the team dynamic and the team vibe that everyone has. They want to be together, not because that individually that they're the best competitors on this season or in the challenge history, but they work well with each other. We saw that happening the past couple of episodes where they really listen to each other. They want to win together. They want to win to stay together because they vibe with each other and just swapping out one person. I mean, that can change the whole dynamic. I can see both Devin and Amanda just getting on each other's nerves, no matter what's going to happen. Like if one person is going to be a hothead and start mm. putting up walls in the game, I mean, Tori is a great person to just say, yes. do this. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it. She trusts Devin in what he says. But if Amanda doesn't trust Devin or isn't feeling the Emerald vibe, if she gets put on that team, I mean, that could just be complete chaos. And then it's a whole like, well, you just kind of just we just shot ourselves in the foot because we kind of just we kind of just lost our vibe. We lost the Emerald way. We're not Emerald City anymore. And maybe another team will start slipping in those wins. So Drew, Sam's not letting you get away with dodging the question here. He's saying, who would you run a final <laughs> with between those two? You're, 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 it's like you're on you're on trial here, mate. Like Sam's not going to let you get away with it. So, <laughs> uh, uh, who is who is the two? Nani and Tori, darling. If if I'm uh, if I'm paired up with one person, like if it's just one on one, I would pick Nani. I would pick Nani because she listens. She's shown that in a paired, she can do pretty well and she can stick up with those puzzles and stuff. Uh, Tori is great. Uh, physically, but I, I just don't know if on a one-to-one level that we would be able to work together. I go back to free agents where she, Nani was able to work with all three of the guys pretty seamlessly and then even got ahead of Laurel uh, when her and Bananas were doing well. So I, I would fall back on that. You see, I can't forgive Nani for ruining Leroy's chances of winning his last season. Like he was winning so many dailies. And then finally he got paid with Nani and they got Why don't you blame, blame Fessy for this? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like he, or blame, uh, what's her name? Kate, Casey, because like, if they didn't want to get back together, Casey really should have stuck with yeah. Leroy. Cause we're just talking about this yeah. right now with the Emerald team, right? It's like, yeah. they have really good synergy, whatever, all the, some of this parts really work well together. And that was the magic touch between Casey and Leroy. I felt, and that they really mm. had a great working relationship and they balance each other out in a really good way and i think she should have taken the risk of running that final with leroy and be like hey man let's like how about you try to win it with somebody else and so like we can we'll both get money like i'll get the guys girls money and you get the guys money but i think the fact that she ditched that and then he went with someone that he hasn't been working with all these seasons like all the whole the whole season like yes they've known each other forever but like they haven't been working in this game together forever and and have like secret language and know how to you know trust each other and so I think that uh, I'm gonna blame Casey on that one I'm not gonna blame Nani for the fact that she was partnered with him 
Hey, Chantal, when you're right, you're right. And you're right in this situation. Always, I'm not gonna always, always. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. I'm I will argue I will come for you until you agree with me. That's just how I grow. <laughs> um, I still would like to like I, I don't know. Like I, I think if I had to be personally in a final, I would run it personally with Tori because yeah, I do joke about the fact that I would struggle in the puzzles and stuff, but I probably would be better. Just don't, and if anybody that watches Survivor South Africa watches this and I ever do end up in a season, I'm horrible at puzzles. But, you know, actually, <laughs> I'm afraid. Like you're probably not, though, right? Like, are you actually, what do you mean by horrible at puzzles, to be fair? No, nah, like that's what I was. It's the it's the thing. Every time I'm on the recaps for the international survival, I'm always like, oh, I couldn't do the puzzles, you know. But I probably, I, I probably, are you I just saying be... that so when you get cast, you'll be the puzzle guy? And... <laughs> I, I, like, listen, if, if Tori, if Tori, if Tori does end up being in a partnership with me, I think I feel comfortable. You know, I have, I, I, do, I would just need her to run with me. That's the key thing here, and do the physical stuff. You know, that's what I would look for in a partner if I had to go into a final. Is what I'm trying to say. Read between the lines. Um, but you know, if you look at the Sapphire team, right? The um sapphire team here they get logan at the end of this episode and again there's a comment here of logan you know making that team stronger and stronger moving forward we've got logan ct um emmy and ashley in that team but like i said for me personally this has been a team that has been underperforming personally at this point they haven't really been challenging emerald but they're being the editors making us believe that they're the team to watch out for do we think Logan's going to be that secret source now that's going to come into this team um, that's going to make them stronger moving through the, the the next challenges here? Because we know CT is CT, but he can't do everything on his own. And Logan has done really well as a rookie this season. He's proven himself, I feel like, on the physical stuff, the mental stuff. He seems to be a really good all-rounder so far this season. Do we think this is, is, is something that's going to be good for them? And we're finally, finally going to see the momentum swift here, uh, switch here because – it's been a bit boring. Like, I mean, you got to give credit where it's due, but it's been a bit boring to watch Emerald just steamroll. Well, two things. I think the reason why, um, one of the reasons why Sapphire isn't doing that well is that they don't really need to. Um, I, I think that both Ashley and CT are kind of safe that nobody really wants to go down against either of them. And so they, it's kind of like, eh, there's other people to go throw down uh, or to call down and it won't be me most likely. So I don't think they have a lot of incentive necessarily to put it all and win. Um, and we heard on the aftermath that they those two teams, so it was the Sapphire team and the Ember team have been working together so if it's long as like we'll give you the win as long as you like put somebody that we like from the ruby team in they're not going to call us so it doesn't really matter so i don't think they had that much of like their heart in it necessarily but I do mm. think that they have leveled up with um, Logan joining the team. We talked, we saw in the beginning when CT was deciding which team he wanted to go on. He loves those workhorses, and I think that Logan is a workhorse in in the sense that like he will listen to direction and he will be physically able to do things really well. Um, and so I think that. CT is going to like that addition to his team, that he's strong and he listens and he's reliable and being able to get things done effectively, efficiently and, you know, well. So I think it's an upgrade. I think that CT is probably like, yeah, I can run this. I can run a final with this four. I have two people that will listen to pretty much anything that I say and another winner with me. Let's take it to the end. I don't mind running with two rookies. It's perfect. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the secret sauce or if Logan's <laughs> the secret sauce because I still think that no matter what is the Daily Mission next episode, I still feel, and I don't want to put this out in the universe, but I think that Emerald still could win it. And if 
say Amanda or anybody infiltrates the Emerald team, they'll come at a, a place that they were in the agency yet again. And the faltering or the fall or the crumble will come in the next episode or two episodes after that. Like, I just don't, mm. I just don't, don't know if, yes, there are four strong players. I just don't know if they can hop over the numbers disadvantage because we haven't seen anybody be able to really jump over that. And now there's four, four, six, they're down two players, not even just one player. It's two players uh, that they have to overcome, which is going to be difficult. It looks like a puzzle next episode. So that benefits that could be beneficial, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because it also brings up the whole theory of Amanda potentially going down, um, being put down there because she doesn't want to be in Ruby or whatever the scenario is going to be. Um, and her potentially going up against Big T to try and get into a different team, which could be, you know, I guess Emerald moving forward. Uh, it's also, you know, Sapphire's got to trust that if they do throw the challenge here to Emerald, they're not going to put one of their girls at risk because Ashley and Emmy, it's two people that CT wants to work with. And clearly CT, CT is probably more so the person that's got this alliance with people in Emerald, which is why they didn't want to throw him in there. Um, you know, I don't think Ashley's got the, the most solid relationships. I think that they're working with her to a certain degree via CT maybe, but I, I don't think there, there's any loyalty there. So it's more about what does CT want to do here in the next round? Is he happy to potentially put at risk um, Emmy and Ashley, or does he say it's a little bit close to the end here? You've, like you said in this episode, you've got to start winning things when it gets down to this point of the game. So, does he now start winning or not? And and that's where the interesting thing for me is going to be. In my mind, you know, the biggest mistake everybody has made so far has not been infiltrating Emerald. Um, the people that have been thrown down there, some of them have worked with Emerald, and that's why it hasn't gone that way. But I think the one person who could have probably really mixed things up and could have really um, and, and I think had the guts to do it is, is Kyle. I think Kyle made a really big mistake now in hindsight, obviously hindsight being 2020 um, and going to CT and then any case losing a spot here in the Sapphire team to go to Ruby where he could have infiltrated Emerald a lot quicker to mess up the dynamics. But again, he's got some loyalty to Devin. He's got some loyalty to CT. So they seem to be working together in some capacity. So that probably prevented them from, or him from doing a move like that. But it would have been, I think in his best interest to actually infiltrate Emerald potentially rather than go to CT. It's tough. I mean, we're making calls here as armchair critics, or I am at least, I'm not afraid to make some bold calls, but you know, I feel like I would have just loved to have seen somebody mix it up. It's what we're missing. We're missing that person there that's just going against the grain. Yeah, I mean, I totally hear what you're saying. I'm not sure if that would have been better for Kyle's game because if he went over there and they lost, I feel like then he would be kind of up for elimination anyways. And so I just feel as though he would be more likely to be thrown in multiple times just for going in and like messing up that dynamic. So... I think that he's actually safer, like going back and forth between like Ruby and, uh, you know, then he'll go down again and then he'll go back to um, to Emerald or sorry, to Sapphire. Sapphire. I guess that's safer for him um, than going to Emerald and then being thrown. I think I think that having I think that it's I think it's going to work out better for him this way. Um, he'll last longer for I don't know. I'm not sure. But that's I can. I could theorize why I don't think Logan went over to Emerald and it was because he probably talked to Josh and Josh told him, don't. And mm -hmm. also thinking about uh, Logan, 
and the way the teams are set up we talked about vibes we talked about team dynamics and once you infiltrate emerald there are tight six and if somehow you mess that up then you're the odd person out also mm-hmm. we're getting deeper into the game the players don't know exactly when the finals are and i feel like if logan is thinking i'm i'm going to be running a final with players i want to run the final with a team that has two champions on there that know how to win and if the finals are after next elimination which would be a women's day guess what i'm on the team that i want to be on so i'm on a strong team and i think that i could win with this team Mm. we've got here in the chat saying sam saying that um emmanuel i want to see emmanuel in an elimination words are hard um and then also lily here saying that um i don't know how he hasn't been in an elimination and then struggling kind of says here that kind of what i was going to get into he just got lucky he was with casey from the start built a really solid um i think he had a, a very solid um gateway into that existing relationships that Casey and Josh have built like one thing you cannot take away from you know Josh and Casey and some of these big brother players like just the amount of very deep connections they've built in such a short period of time being on the challenge is pretty impressive to watch you know um I know that Corey gave him gave gave Josh a little bit of a compliment in regards to him working really hard getting in shape and all that stuff which I've also said a few times like you know he's a lot more fit now compared to what he was when he first started on the show um but again you know josh like i just don't josh champion of the challenge i just don't see it happening you know it's just i just don't think it's going to happen like i mean at some point the momentum is going to have to shift here and something is going to have to change um maybe it's not next week hopefully the week after that but i do want to go into the actual elimination on the arena and you know, we apparently hear here that this went on for a very long time, a lot longer than what we saw on our screens. And I could have misheard, but I felt like Logan was saying something about a fifth round or maybe it was just his accent. Sometimes I do go in and out. I thought he just blew him out of the water, but it was definitely, he said something like 35 minutes. They were on one of those rounds uh, pulling back and forth. I knew Logan had a good chance because I've heard before, like, you know, obviously people were talking about the fact that he's a surfer, he's played football, he's done a lot of sports, but I'm pretty sure um, someone on here has told us, one of the people that are from Spain said that he's also into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which, again, if you're used to being in an arena where you're fighting with people and your whole thing is about understanding human anatomy and the way that the body moves you're going to be able to work out a strategy in regards to how to snatch the rope, use the momentum of the person against them, which is kind of what he did. And again, I think it showed that Corey really doesn't think in that level. You know, he doesn't have the ability to change his game plan up midway if it's not working. He's all brute strength and power. Physical athlete ability is going to get me past here, opposed to trying to create a technique that would throw Logan off his game here. And um, when they went down there, I thought, you know, Logan has got a good shot here, even though Corey's got a good record. And um, I may or may not have been spoiled by watching that midseason. They really have to, you know, not do the midseason promos in the way that they did, because I did see that Logan ended up on the Sapphire team on those promos. So I kind of knew Corey was done as soon as they went down there. Did you guys like this elimination? I mean, we've seen it a few times before. Obviously, Josh throws in that he has PTSD from when he lost against um, Jordan. Um, but I would too if I was him. 
I thought it was hilarious that I, I think it was a man is like, how are you so bad at this, Corey? Like you do the ropes every day. And like, I thought that that was hysterical. Um, I really didn't feel like Corey was going to win. I know that he was talking kind of a big game beforehand, but you know, as he said in the after show, he kind of checked out and I didn't see him really going in with that fire, even in his energy and his confessional is like, mm, I don't really feel winning energy in that confessional. I don't know if they taped it before or after. Sometimes they take tape it out of order, but it didn't have winning energy at, at, at all around it. And so when I was watching it, it felt like they kept on replaying the same kind of slips of mm. logan and, and like i'm like wait they just showed that like and i feel like they were dragging it out to make it look like logan was not doing as well as he as he actually did um but yeah i was i, I was didn't really think that Corey was going to win and then seeing him like shaking out his wrist <laughs> like what like obviously if you shake out your wrist that's it's the exact moment that your opponent is going to pull the rope from you and there's no way that you're going to be able to grab the rope and stabilize yourself quickly enough and you will fall off and lose so i was just very surprised that he really just like oh hey it's time for you to pull the rope now is basically what he was doing and lost himself that elimination so i didn't really have faith in him going in and after the first round i was like yeah he's not winning this he's done uh to chris's point this was spoiled in the uh, in the midseason trailer where we see in the dugout T-Bone daily mission mm. where we saw CT, Emmy and uh, Logan all wearing blue buffs uh, on on their arms. So I knew once Corey was the compromised agent, I was like, I feel like I already know how this is going to end. I don't want it to become true, but yet it did come true. Uh, I also want to say that Logan has great balance, but also Corey mentioned that he had like a uh, only one ACL that he was on because yeah. of old football injuries. So, I mean, this was not the elimination for him. Uh, did did anybody uh, listen to any of the podcasts for the original Challenge podcast or Bananas podcast with Corey? He had Corey yeah. on there. Um, I did, haven't listened to either one of them, but uh, shout out to the great people who watch me uh, because they leave all these little comments and clues in the uh, comment section. And shout out to Brenda and Jay-Z, not the real Jay-Z, I don't believe. Um, <laughs> but they mentioned that on both podcasts, there was talk that CT was going around the house saying that he wanted to be thrown in. He went to the Emerald team saying that he wanted to be thrown into the elimination. He wanted to be the agency vote. So he can get thrown into the elimination. So he was going to pick Logan. And then he wanted to go over to the Emerald team, which all the Emerald team was like, yeah, let's do it. And then by the time we got to the nominations, he changed his mind. He said, I don't want to be going into an elimination. That's why that weird speech he does oh, was yeah, yeah. felt so off. I, I couldn't make sense of it. <laughs> like, mm. I don't know if the editing team was like trying to like cut around it to make it make sense. And I was like, I don't know what you're trying to say, CT. Uh, then Ashley came in as a translator and said, he does not want to go into an elimination. He is scared. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley, for translating that. <laughs> um, and then call the so, spider spider. Yeah. So it's kind of like Loki with the with the main timeline and then just branches off into variants. I think of like, oh, what could have been if CT was the actual agency vote? If I was Emerald, I would be sitting there going like he said he wanted to be the, the agency vote. Why not just throw him in? And if he wins great he probably will still infiltrate us and make our team better if not he loses and 
we make our team even stronger and Sapphire is even weaker or whatever. Um, so when, another when... point, and then another point is Corey talking about how he almost called out CT uh, because his mindset was, if I can't beat him in elimination, then I can't beat him in a final. So why not go out? That would have been a great, that's another great ending to this to this elimination, but I still think that maybe CT would have gotten the win, especially if he could get that first round and Corey's mind wasn't completely in it, especially if they go for like 30 minutes. I think uh, CT would have still gotten that uh, point and probably would have won and stayed in the game, but woulda, coulda, shoulda. There's so many woulda, coulda, shoulda. I almost don't want to hear that there was these many possibilities the other of what could have happened. Uh, who who yeah. do you think that um, if CT was the um, agency vote, who would if he had called down? Uh, they were they on the comment it said Logan that he would have called out Logan Ooh, rookie injured. I don't and, think he beats uh, Logan. I'll make a call there. I don't think I think Logan had the perfect skill set for this challenge. I think being a surfer, having that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, understanding the movement. I know experience, CT's got a lot of experience, but this is not a traditional, because it is slightly different from what we saw um, even uh, Josh do and his one that he's got PTSD from, because that's an actual tug of war. This was not a tug of war. It was You had to snatch it off. You had to use someone's momentum against them. It is actually a different very different skill set that is required with this to get it out of their hand because with tug of war you can physically outpower yes you still still have to have balance you still have to have technique but you can't tug on the actual rope here you've got to snatch it out of their hands that's a different skill set i feel like and i feel like and for this specific scenario and i mean i know it's very ct is a legend of this game and i love ct but i i i actually think logan would have had a very very good shot like i would have given it 55 45 or 60 40 or something like that to logan on this one well he could have changed it up too if he was the agency vote going into the elimination and saw the two crates or whatever he may have swapped it up and been like uh maybe i'll go with Corey or or even kyle if he really wanted to snake kyle <laughs> like he stole cam from him and double agents maybe he would have wanted to swap it up seeing uh the balls and stuff and trying to get into what the elimination was. But uh, yeah, he, there was intentions of his initial intentions were to be the agency vote and then pick Logan. I want to yeah. see if he, if he has a reaction after now being like, Ooh, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Like, I want to hear what his response is <laughs> like <laughs> now that he sees how uh, Logan did in that last challenge. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. It definitely, definitely was interesting the way that the that that it all shaked up, and and it does make sense why he said his head wasn't. It. I thought he was like mentally struggling, but he was probably thinking, "No, I was, I'm making dumb decisions, putting myself at risk here for no reason. I'm in a strong team with Ashley. You know, Emmy's pretty decent, so yeah, he probably just shook himself out of right. thinking that way. But but for for for, for Emerald, that would have been win-win regardless if he wins our team's stronger if he loses yeah he's out of the game there's less home. of a risk that yeah exactly and Corey definitely i was thinking of when Corey got called down um the right move would have been to not make it easy like he's angry at the veterans the veterans has betrayed him and yet he calls a rookie down there again just shows you he doesn't have the mind for the game like maybe he wanted he thought it was an easier potential when they're going up against them but really uh you you want to go out against the legend if you're going to go out rather than someone that's new i feel like personally 
Well, he also talked, I'm sure he talked to Nelson when they were chatting beforehand, like after the nominations and talking about all the different players that he could have chosen. I first thought he was going to pick Kyle, uh, was going to be the the bet since they were going at each other earlier on in the season. Uh, But I'm sure Nelson was like pushing him to go for Logan. And even in the aftermath, there was a talk about Logan wanting to pit Corey and Nelson against each other. So if he was getting that vibe in the house, I'm sure he was like, let's just take out Logan. He seems to be very close with Josh and I don't want Josh getting any ideas to pit me up against my best friend in the game and me going home, going up against uh, Nelson. So I I can see where everybody's thought processes were, but why didn't we get that in the edit? That's what I don't know. Like, why did we get the fight at the club for so long when we could have gotten this whole thing of like CT going like, well, I kind of want to be the agency vote so I can get sent in and infiltrate you. Like, why didn't we get any of these conversations? Instead, we get this weird mumbling uh, uh, speech at the at the uh, nominations where he's just like eh, I don't want to go into elimination and we're all sitting there going like we never thought you were even a possibility what are you even talking <laughs> about? yeah no I've got a I've got a tinfoil hat theory on that um love by you thank you for having my back as always here um at least one person <laughs> is willing to go down the rabbit hole with me um Lily here says that they should have shown CT wanting to go down that would have been exciting to watch. But my tinfoil hat theory on that is that I've heard from many a challenge players in the past when they've done their podcast that the edit does protect CT and a lot of the, the shows that they've been on. And I feel like showing CT wanting to go down, then backing out of it. But then again, Ashley said he was scared. So I don't know. Like, maybe they didn't have video of it. I don't know. I was thinking maybe they were protecting him. They don't want him to come across as being wishy-washy or um, scared of going down there. But you know, Ashley kind of called it out. So um, that theory probably is incorrect uh, on that. They might not have had footage. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre choice not to show it. And it, it was really bizarre to see. But we do have to go into here the um, the drafts. And I have to do something that I've been dreading doing this whole podcast. We're now an hour and 12 minutes in. I have lost my number one guy pick for the season. He is down out there in the wilderness and i have got three people left in this game it's all part of the emerald team so it's go team emerald from here make it win number five win number six and go on four and win this thing now to be honest i really it's so hard because i do have people left in my team that i don't i don't dislike them but it's just they're part of the emerald team and i for 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 the sake of this being a good season i'm hoping there's a plot twist towards the end but you know if they do win, you know, I'll t- I guess I'll take the win. You know, I'll take the three people being in the team <laughs> if I had to. You know, if you, if you twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to lose lose Corey here. Um, I've been waiting all season for you guys to lose Corey and Nelson. <laughs> um, I do wish though that it was like it was from uh, Drew's team because it's still his team looks still too strong. Even though I don't feel like the actual players on their own are strong, but there's just so many of them. So I'm happy that this was an old format that we have this uh, particular draft because I don't know. I don't know how confident I am that Drew has the winner on that team. So hmm. I'm the Emerald team. We're not so strong individually, but together (laughs) I have half the cast still here. (laughs) It is impressive. You've, you've definitely chosen well in regards to placement. Um, A lot of, a lot of players still on the board there. He's definitely losing someone, I would say, next episode, though. It's either going to be, we're assuming that's going to be Big T or Amanda that's going to go. 
right? Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> I don't see anybody else. Some numbers. Or it's going to be Emmy getting thrown into another elimination since she's the last rookie left, but we'll see how that's going to go. I mean, it's all on my team. It's yeah. all on my team. So, it's, <laughs> so it doesn't even matter at this point. It's the the nominations seem to be against me at this point, but I still yeah. got some players. And then if there's here's, a here's guy after that, I feel like Logan, unless he wins, could be in danger, you know? Yeah, like, so. here's my here's my theory on, on Emmy. Um, because I think CT politically for some other reason holds a lot of sway even if emerald wins i don't think he wants to lose emmy um just got to know on the team there's the the whole uncle ct relationship that we've been shown the whole season and him propping her up law look at emmy you know she's so great you know i do admire the fact that she really wants to fight i I just think he's going to protect her here towards the end so i feel like emmy probably doesn't get thrown outright and i do think that if amanda gets chosen to go down she doesn't want any of that smoke, especially if it's physical. She's not going up against Emmy. She's going to try her luck at Big T. And, you know, I like both of them, but fingers crossed Big T wins if that happens. I so badly want Big T to prove people wrong and um, win at something physical and, and stay in the game. And, you know, it would be good to get one of um, Drew's top picks there. Okay, who would she, which team would she go to if, she, if Big T were to win? Would she go and infiltrate Emerald? CT. She probably go to she probably go to back to back back to Uncle CT. No, I don't know actually because CT has not really wanted to play with her this season, which has been pretty sad to see. Yeah, I, think yeah, I don't I should, know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who she would do either. This next episode will be so so. I feel like we've already hit the nail on the head, but this episode coming up will be so predictable if Emerald wins yet again, because it is only three women that are left at that point to be chosen for an elimination, which would be Amanda, Big T, and uh, Emmy. Oh, Emmy. Okay. Oh, and Ashley. But, she's I mean, not I, she's not going to be picked. I, do, I just don't see her being picked at all. So, hmm. I just don't know. Let's like, I can, a, see them, a... I can see them throwing down Emmy to take out maybe Amanda or take out maybe. No, but they know they want those anchors in there. So, no, I don't think that they would do that actually either. Let's yeah. uh let's have a let's have a Nelly T total madness edit for Ashley. She already talked about how she really wants Amanda to go far into the game. Let's have uh Ashley fall on the sword and go into the elimination for Amanda. Never happening. Never happen. Oh, like, I don't think it. Ashley's doing that. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see it happening. I think it's all let's talk. Do it. But um, Ashley's <laughs> Ashley's staying safe. Like Save if I had to put team. if I had to put <laughs> if I had to put money on it right now, and I love to make big calls and be proven wrong, um, and I'm happy to jinx another person's team. Like here. Casey Cooper. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil people. Don't spoil people here on our All Star draft picks before we get into it. Um, so we've got. Um, <laughs> Inside joke, you guys will know after you've seen the draft. <laughs> and I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back now. chatel has got the the winning team there with uh, CT and Ashley. Um, I think Sapphire strong in the end. I don't know who's going to be with them in Sapphire, but I think those two people, um, two champions. They're, they're primed here at the end game to win another one and it's more going to be a case who's with them i can see emmy being with them truly becoming the rookie of the year um who the who the other person's going to be i don't know i don't i just don't see logan staying there until the end right someone's going to try and get in there um with ct and that team towards the end i'm, I'm sure maybe nelly if nelly gets thrown in he might want to go back and join that team 
Um, I'm wondering though, if like, I don't know if they're going to run in teams or not. I'm just trying to figure out like what's going to happen. Are they going to run in teams? Are they going to go back to individuals? Are they going to run in pairs? And so I just like, I don't know what they're going to do. And I wish they would just tell us if you don't want to tell the players, tell us. So I could just like be imagining how it might configure, you know? So I don't, I don't know if they're going to run in four, like four, like an uneven teams. Do you guys think that? I think it's teams. Um, just real quick, I think Kyle could be the one to switch over, especially if Emerald loses. I could see him pushing for Josh to be, or him to be the agency vote, and then pick Josh since he's won against him in elimination and try to switch over back over to Sapphire or Emerald team. Um, that's just my thought. Uh, if they go into teams, the only reason I would want to see them run in teams is if they have one of those like the episode right before the finals, they do another daily mission where they make everybody do the individual like mini final again. And then they have like to pick even it. teams. Yeah. yeah restack restack it. it to where it's like four, 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 four or whatever. It just even it out. Like I just, I would want that to be the case rather than six, three, two or whatever. Like by <laughs> George so Emerald can't keep winning and being at the top and have six players. That's another reason why I think CT really wanted to go to Emerald because it's just like, even if he's not happy with all those players, I think it's just the the sheer frustration of being on a four-person team and continuously losing just because you don't have enough numbers or that yeah. it's boiling it down to. I think the money bag running one was the most frustrating because he had Nelson and Logan on him to double team him and he was easily taken out of bounds. Like, it's just frustrating where it doesn't think like what you can do to keep yourself safe is just you don't even have a real shot to win at yeah. that so i just think it's just i think that's also a, just a sheer frustration of always always having to deal with coming in second or third when you know you have the ability to win or have safety but you just can't do it just because of the format yeah i think struggling at art uh, you know i think that's what we're kind of leaning to maybe have three teams of four with the final daily deciding where they're going to be. So kind of similar to what we had with when the teams were selected, if you are higher placed, you get to choose which team you want to be on and you step into the teams that you want to be on. Um, because a few people will automatically, if there's only four, even if there's six Emerald people left at that time, two of them's not going to be in that team and they're going to have to go somewhere else. So that would be interesting to see who gets left out and who needs to go mm -hmm. somewhere else and what would that look like. And um, speaking the truth here, says, am I the only one that thinks that the names remind them of a, uh, a gentleman's <laughs> club um and i i do agree it does it does kind of sound like that a little bit um in the beginning like it was very hard for me to, to get across the ruby sapphire emerald theme it was just green red and blue but i've kind of gotten used to it i guess now after seeing it for a couple of episodes guys what if we missed is there anything that you want to discuss that we didn't talk about in this episode i felt i felt like we um made some lemonade out of lemons here I got nothing. I think we actually did talk about everything that uh, that I have yeah, written down. Them. Would you guys, uh, would either one of you guys be cool with eating the breakfast of losers, which are donuts and fruit? Uh, oh, I hated that moment. Which oh, I, I would, yeah. I would <laughs> gladly take that that breakfast. That's more breakfast than I eat on a normal day, and it looked delicious. I think everybody was just hangry and that's why they were making fun of her because she was actually getting food in her while everybody <laughs> yeah. else was i'm sure just waking up and putting on their challenge gear to go 
Listen, it's not the it's not the worst thing to have a little bit of a sugar rush before you go out there and do a challenge. You know, get a bit of sugar in your body, wake yourself up. You know, I probably would. You know, I, I I'm my vice is coffee. Like I have way too much coffee in a day. I probably have a long black or something, ice cold long black before I go. It'd probably be in my where other people would have water. I would just have like ice long black in like a water bottle as I'm going to the challenge, and I'd be good to go. You know, but um, each to their own. You know, I, I did feel you know, sorry for her them, but I do think that. It's like I mean, these guys have known each other for a long time. It was more jokey than anything else. Made for a good TV moment, and completely forgot about that. So, thank you for bringing that up. But he slapped food out of her hand. I yeah, that was like a bit that. rude. Yeah, so that, that was a bit unkind. rude. And just like yeah. I don't she, know, just sorry. Go ahead. But no, I was gonna say she does well in daily challenges. So I mean, she puts yeah. her her all into it. So I mean, don't knock what she's doing because just because she's not winning because of numbers, she's actually <laughs> yeah. going out there and working hard. Yeah, she's impressed me. And then I guess as we're on it, like I wasn't going to touch base on it, but it is interesting to see the different cultural backgrounds with um, Emmanuel in Romania and how they um, do their food stuff versus <laughs> over in the US and slapping the meat. And um, I, I love seeing the different cultural things. I, I, I did wonder how that would be perceived over in America, though. Um, and, you know, especially how they prepare the pig and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh, you don't see stuff like that on TV very often nowadays. So I was quite surprised that they, that the production team did choose to actually include that in the show. Was well, there any like controversy you, oh, afterwards? Oh, I don't know. I didn't yeah. hear anything about that, but I'm wondering why you glazed over um, Emmanuel and Tori um, and the plumbing in the bathroom. I try to forget about it. My eyes, like it's, it's, my eyes are burning. I try to forget about it, to be honest. Actually, when they... I, uh, Drew wasn't going to talk about it. I know Drew wasn't going to talk about it. <laughs> Do you wish no, you were okay. Emmanuel? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I saw them make pizza in the bed or whatever with their comforter. Like, I don't need a, them actual making out scene to know that they were canoodling with each other. I don't need it. <laughs> you has a, a question here for us. What do you guys think of Amanda saying she likes Corey leaving the week due to the fact that it's better for Nelson's game? So Amanda said she's she was happy to lose Corey here because it would help Nelson's game and that Corey was an anchor for Nelson in this game. What do you guys think of that? Uh, well, I think that Amanda and and uh, Nelson get along better when Corey's not part of the equation. And so I think they could work a little bit better together. He will listen to her and they can strategize and let her do her Amanda thing and maybe get do some politicking and get Nelson a little bit further. She can't do mm -hmm. it with both of them because he treats her like garbage and like, you know, berates the, the people that could potentially be helping him. Like, why are you yelling at Ashley when you were making out with her a couple of weeks before? Ashley is somebody that could potentially win one of these dailies and help you moving on forward. So I think that um, it's like the, the, the relationship between the two of them. He suffers the most because he's not able to use his actual um, bonds and relationships that he has in the game. Yeah. yeah how, how full point. circle... How full circle would it be if Nelson does end up back in a Sapphire team with um, <laughs> Ashley and he wins a and he wins a final with her? It would be pretty full circle. Let's do it. Scubanelli's yeah. winning this season. I'm just letting everybody know. Like he's winning this season. <laughs> he could still sneak uh, in there. Like and, whoop, whoop. and he could be justified. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get in the Nelly T train. 
Oh, one thing I did like you, you mentioned it briefly, but um, I really did like Josh um, talking to Logan in Spanish. I thought it was like a really nice moment because, you know, as I've lived in Montreal for a good eight years and before I really spoke the language, you, you always feel like an outsider and you don't necessarily hear all the inside jokes and people are laughing and you're like, I think I understood what I said, but it wasn't that funny. Like, are they laughing at me? Like, it's just like kind of like you don't you're not fully able to immerse yourself until you are completely bilingual so i can totally understand logan yes he's a pretty great command on the english language but not fully being able to understand all the little idiosyncrasies of the american culture and language I, having a friend in josh i think is really important for his game and the fact that josh is that person and recognizes that like hey let me make this deep bond with somebody that like only can really talk to me and have this relationship with them i actually Very have powerful. to give him some points on strategy here and like yeah. making a good social relationship. So I, I like I've got to be honest. And, and I think people are going to hate me for saying this. I, I think Josh is the, definitely the most valuable player out of the three from Big Bobo. Like I reckon he's going to oh. go further long-term um, in this game. I think he's going to be someone that I can see be a mainstay for a longer time than a Fessy or a Casey. Cause Casey is boring as hell. Like, you know, she's good, you know, physically, but who cares? Like, do you care if Casey wins or don't win? No. Like, I don't feel anything towards Casey. You know what I mean? Like, Josh evokes emotion out of you. You either hate him or you're like, oh, he's maybe a little bit better this season, but he, something, you feel something, you know? And then Fessy, like, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, you can only go on what you see on the edit. He comes across as a douche. Maybe he's a really nice guy in real life. I don't want to say he's not a nice guy in real life. I don't know. I just don't know the guy. But I feel like Josh is the biggest upside and potential long-term to be a continue uh, a continuing factor within the challenge world for a long time and he and what i do like about josh and where i do want to give him credit is that he is trying to better himself like physically trying to get better to do the challenge so to me it shows he is taking it seriously he does want to win the show and i do want to see people who want to win who want to come in and, and try different things and there has been signs of growth this season that i will say you know like for instance when Corey came at him he didn't lose this you know his whole thing on, on Corey there. He was a bit more calm about it in this approach. I want to see more of that. If Josh can continue to mature, I can get behind him a little bit more personally. That's just how I feel about it. Oh, and just one thing, just to double down on what you said about Casey being boring. Like, Nani's such a firecracker, and she's usually fun. And, like, could we yeah, – I want she's more noodle, noodles in the face, drunk Nani. Like, where is that Nani? She's lost in a relationship with Casey. So, yeah, she even mellowed out Nani, which I'm kind of like, hmm. I mean, I'm happy that they're happy, of course. But uh, one thing that we love about Nani is her messiness. And she's quite tame and clean this season. So, womp womp. I, I will I will say that the only thing that's worrisome about Josh's game is that if he is very close with every single person, when he does yeah. make moves, that's they when people are going to be like, how can I really trust him? He's going to start making a little bit more enemies like Corey. Uh, was saying like I forgive you but I won't forget it like I feel the more times he makes those connections and people really feel like we're friends and then once he's in the game and starts making moves it's going to come back to bite him in the long run mm. I feel but that's the only thing I worry about with Josh he could be he's he so could transparent be... though it's kind of like you kind of get what he's doing so I like the fact yeah, that he does own are... up to it he does own up to it and kind of tells them this is why I did what I did yeah, and why it's not I had really to do shocking. it yeah, like, but I, mean, but I do, Corey but I do hear what you're saying. After the conversation in the club, I mean, he seemed pretty like, yeah. okay, well, 
uh, Josh has got my back. And then that came up and he was really frustrated with them. And then I'm sure Nelson's not going to forget about that at, at anytime soon. So, I mean, I don't know. It, you can be friends with everybody, but at least like bananas had his side people. of the house. Kara had her side of the house. Bananas can be friendly with everybody, but you knew he, you were on his side. And if you were against him kind of thing. And I think that helped him out longer in the long run because you knew where everybody stood with each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, inter- it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying in regards to Josh long-term. Like, it's going to, at some point, you, you've got to say it's going to catch up to him. The reason CT has had longevity is because he's got all these connections, but he's never seen, like, even though you know he's pulling strings behind the scenes, he's never the the face of the big moves, you know? Like, he mm-hmm. kind of rides that that middle really, really well to a point where people never really fully feel betrayed by him or feel like CT was the one in power that made it happen. Um, CT just maybe... He kind of did that earlier this season with when he spoke to Emmy, and he said, you know, it's a fine line between manipulation and directing her in a certain way. And he knows how to do that very well. Where Josh is not like that. He needs to take control of his own destiny, wants to be the person that is making the moves. And long term, you know, I think he could be, you know, he might not have the cha- the championships that Wes has had, but he could be seen as a as a West level of threat, working with different people, directing votes, strategically trying to pull strings and stuff like that. Um, maybe, you know. Anyways, <laughs> grasping for straws here. We're getting towards the end here of this podcast. It has been a long three hours talking to you guys, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. So um, have a look out, guys, for the All-Stars um, cast assessment that we did prior to this. We did a recording of that. If you're dropping in towards the end here of this podcast, we will be putting that up at 8 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time Monday evening, um, leading into the week for All Stars 2. Um, there has been a couple of, um, I think, shocks, not just my shock that kind of Chantel teased you guys towards here as to where we selected some of these players, but maybe one more than one person has made a bit of a, a mistake and maybe they didn't look at the uh, promo video before picking their team on the cast assessment. So I'm not the only person that uh, may have stepped onto a booby a booby trap here, but go and have a look at that. That was a lot of fun to do with these guys. And Drew and Chantel, it's been great talking to you. Drew, what is happening on your side um, coming into this next week? Uh, what do you have coming up? Well, on Monday at 8 p.m., I have a cast assessment for the uh, draft for All-Stars 2 on this channel, uh, Reality TV Pop. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing going full force in uh, the challenge review and recaps for 37, Tiny Table Talk for 37. Also, All-Stars 2 starts uh, coming up next week, uh, Thursday. Uh, so that's going to be really, really fun to dive into that and have my whole schedule going crazy. I have bigger projects coming out as well that I have uh, starting uh, to come out for the rest of November, along with everything else. And then heading into December, it's going to be a really fun and very long and arduous last two months with videos, but I'm very excited for all the projects I'm doing. And uh, and then Fridays here uh, talking with both of you, about the challenge 37 and soon to be all-stars which i'm very excited about i feel like we're gonna start getting into the challenge 37 30 minutes and then spend an hour on all-stars too because we're just gonna be so excited about that season uh, coming up <laughs> yeah. so i'm looking forward to it i could i could easily see that happening should tell what do you have coming up 
Coming up on Mondays, I, I talk with Sarah from Nerdtainment. We do a little rankings for the cast of Survivor. Um, so that's pretty fun. Um, we have a, usually have a special guest each week. We talked to Elaine last week, um, which was really, nice. really fun. Um, Wednesdays is usually my, my double dose day. So I usually do in the morning or earlier evening. We do um, a Bachelorette recap. And then going live after the episode, we do the challenge. And then on my own channel, I talk with some Macro um, about Survivor um, 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And then as always, back with you two on Fridays to deep dive and talk about the challenge. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> catch us next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be talking about both the challenge 37 and All Stars here on this podcast. Um, if you are watching Survivor, Reality Pop also had their recap this week um, of the latest episode of uh, Survivor Season 41. And it was a bit of a doozy uh, this week as well. They had Carl, the godfather of David versus Goliath, was the special guest with um, uh, the Survivor buffs here on Reality Pop. And I thought he had some really good insights he even put um both adam and gideon in their place about saying that the challenges haven't been up to standard this season um which i know adam had had a little bit of uh, a deep dive into australian survivor so he's gotten used to what australian survivor does with the challenges so he's been underwhelmed by the season but uh, i think you know carl had some really good insights on what he thought of the challenges so far and just as a previous player that always adds that different credibility and level of thinking when it comes to the show as well um he had his own criticisms of the season as well so it wasn't like he was just a cheerleader for the show but i thought it was a really <laughs> balanced um recap and we did hear some of you guys say that you would like for us to do a full season review as the challenge insiders of survivor season 41 by the end of um the season so we'll line that up we'll do a review i'm looking forward to that because okay. it would be some fresh opinion I think that we would have because we haven't spoken about the season <laughs> together so we'll keep all of those thoughts in our head and we'll come back together at the end of the season and do a special um, on Survivor Season okay. 41 as well should be fun done I'm down I feel like I need awesome. a com competition part of it though like how can we compete doing this I don't know we'll have to draft the merge players and then we have to do a negative two for DQs and vote outs and <laughs> However many votes you get are negative one points. How many confessionals? <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, definitely be, be, we'll think about it. We'll brainstorm it outside of this. But <laughs> it's been fun having you guys here in the live and catch you next week. You've been a great live audience as always. And it's been fun talking to you guys. We'll do this again next week. Goodbye.